This is Gideon Danso's podcast, where we impact deep understanding of God's word. Gideon Danso is a global lead pastor of Empowerment Worship Center, where God lives. From wherever you are listening to us, we hope you are inspired and encouraged by this message. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and the verse number 9 to the verse number 13, where stand to honor God in the reading of this word and this house. Wherever you are, you want to rise. Those of you watching online and on TV, please be up and let's read God's word by standing to honor God. Matthew 6, 9 to 13, and the Bible says, read together, and the Bible says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that will be done in earth, as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is a kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. We continue on our topic and discussion and teaching on the Lord's Prayer. We are now at Lead us not into temptation. We are zeroing in on this line. Lead us not into temptation. Two things come to mind when we connect or when we read this or when we pray this prayer. Lead us not into temptation means that number one, that God is your leader. Acknowledge the leadership of God in your life. That God is your leader. He leads you. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation that as you journey in life, as you move around and move about, as you go around your day, your week, your activities, understand that you are under the leadership of God. That you are submitted to the leadership of God. And that you acknowledge that. And that you come to that spiritual understanding. That your life is not your own. And that you belong to God. And that he leads you. The Bible said trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him. Make that acknowledgement. And he will direct your path. Bible says, now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Acknowledge the leadership of God that he leads and you follow. When Simeon picked up the cross, even though he took the cross of Christ, the Bible said, Christ led the way. David said, he leaded me beside the still waters. Acknowledge the leadership of God. Don't move, do anything on your own. Just trust in his direction, in his counsel, guidance. When he leads, we follow. This means that the prayer that we pray for God to set our lives in order. We follow God as we allow him to lead us. Number two, we're looking at God wants us to be specific in our prayer. The idea that we pray 
God should not lead us into temptation means if we don't pray that prayer, it means we can be led into temptation. It leads us not into temptation, it's not just a statement. Every word in that sentence matters. So when it says lead us not, it means you can be led into it and pray that prayer. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. He was led. Then Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So the Spirit led him to be tempted of the devil. So if you don't want to be tempted, you are praying that lead me not. Have you considered myself and Job? Lead me not into temptation. Don't pray and say, whatever that comes my way, no. Be specific in your prayer yeah, that lead me not into temptation. Am I preaching your church right now? Whenever we talk about temptation, what are we referring to? We are referring to an enticement or, or an inducement to sin. Temptation simply means when you are enticed. Or induced to sin. When the enemy entices you, sets you up. An enticement to sin. It literally means a set up that leads you to disobey God or to fall into sin. Temptation simply means being set up to disobey God or to fall into sin. When there is a set up. When there's a programming by the enemy, when there's a manipulation by the devil, and that setup leads you into disobeying God or falling into sin. This means that to be tempted means the temptation is not the sin itself, but the temptation will lead you to sin. The temptation is not the sin itself, but the temptation leads you into sin. James chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. The ESV version of the Bible says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he received the crown of life. Which God had promised to those who love him. Verse 13 says, Let no one say, when he's tempted that I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no man. So from what James is saying. That God does not tempt. God rather tries or God tests us. There's a difference between temptation and test. Temptation and trial. Unlike temptation, a trial is for the blessed. When you are tried, you are blessed. When you go to tryouts, you are blessed. Blessed is the man. Verse 12, the blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. There is a crown. There is a crown. After every trial, after every test, temptation is not a trial. When we talk about temptation, 
We are not talking about trial because God does not tend. God tests. The word test as used here in James is like when a gold or a silver is put under fire, it comes out shining. When the gold is put through the fire, the gold does not get destroyed, but the gold shines. The idea of God taking us through tests is so that we can shine. It's so that we can be beautiful. It's so that we can be amazing. It's so that we'll come out looking blessed, refined, refreshed, anointed, empowered, better than it started. That's why we thank God for every trial we go through. Your clapping is singing housewife. Can you smile and tell somebody, it was good that I went to the trial. Come on, smile. It was good that I went to the trial. Come on, tell somebody, it was good that I went to the trial. Trials are good. Blessed is the man. You are blessed when you are tried. You are blessed when you go through the test. Because you become refined, refreshed, anointed. Stronger, empowered. The chaff is now blown away, and then the wheat begin to flow. Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse two shows us: test is meant to reveal what is in our heart. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord, like God, led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thy heart. Whether that thou would escape his commandment or no. So God took them through 40 years of a wilderness experience. Not to embarrass them. Not to disgrace them. Not to destroy them. But to reveal what was in their heart. Because God will always reveal what is in your heart. Because the heart is where the real thing is. It is not the lips. It is the heart. It is of the abundance of the heart. What you are saying is coming from the heart. Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it cometh the issues of life. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Bible says, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place except he who has the clean heart and the pure heart? God took them 40 years of a wilderness experience to reveal their heart because if God were to tell you this was what or this what is in your heart you argue but God said I will allow the process the journey to reveal what is in your heart I want to thank God for every wilderness experience for every trial for everything we've been through because it has now revealed what is in our heart I want to thank God that my journey of the wilderness has refreshed my heart, changed my heart, made my heart better. The Bible said, God said to Moses, put your hand here. When he put his hand, he became a leper. He said, put it back. And the hand was cleansed. God said, your heart right now is full of uncleanness. But by the time I'm done with you, every unclean thing in your heart shall be cleansed, shall be purged, shall be 
taken out. I want to preach to a church right now that every trial you go through is revealed what is in your heart so you can be better, so you can change, so you can transform, so you can move to the next level. Anybody thanking God for the wilderness experience you've been through? You are not better. You are not stronger. You are not anointed. You are not blessed. I want to thank God. The devil is a liar. Whereas we pray for God not to lead us into temptation. We pray for God to give us the grace to be steadfast in trial. Whereas we pray that God don't lead us. Whereas we pray for God to not to take us into temptation. When it comes to trial, we face it. We endure it. But we pray for grace and for steadfastness. We pray that we are not movable. That we are not shaken. That we are not destroyed. That in trial we stand fast. That in trial we stand firm. The Bible said stand on in the liberty wherein Christ has set you free. Having done all to stand where are those who are standing after your trial, after the test, after the thing you've been through, you can stand better, you'll be stronger, you'll be mighty. The Bible says, Jesus Christ, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross all the days of my appointed time. Shall I wait until my shade comes? I'm not confused, I'm not sad, I'm not depressed, I'm not broken. I'm thanking God for the trial because after this, I'm coming out as a refined God. After this, I'll be better. After this, I'll be stronger. After this, I'll be blessed. After this, I'll be anointed. Blessed is a man. Where are all those who are blessed today? Anybody going to trial? Come on, smile and slap on and shout. As I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Trials are not the same as temptation. Temptation is an inducement, an enticement that leads to sin. Temptation has a goal. Temptation has a goal to just as trial. The end game of trial is to make you find gold. It's to refine you. It's to give you the crown of life. Temptation has a goal. Temptation puts you on a journey. And temptation has a goal. The end game or the end goal of every temptation is death. Whenever you are tempted, you are tempted to die. Temptation leads to death. Trial leads to crown. Trial will give you the crown of life. Temptation will bring death. Can I preach to a church right now? There is a journey of temptation in order to understand how temptation works.
Christ. Let's go straight to James. James chapter 1 and the verse number 14 and 15. James said, but each person is tempted when he is lured and ties by his own desires. Then desire when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, bring forth death. So understand that realms, the levels, the stages of temptation, how temptations operate, it starts with a desire. The Bible says, verse 14 of James 1, it says, but each person is tempted when he's lured or enticed by his own desire. So every temptation begins with a desire. The word desire, as usual, means a craving for what is forbidden. What is this desire, as usual? The word desire. As usual means a craving for what is forbidden. A sudden appetite. A strange appetite to want, to have, to eat, to access, to have, to possess what is forbidden, what will unmake you. What God did not make you to be. What God said don't touch, don't eat. A desire, a craving. A sudden craving for a different flavor. Whether it is vanilla or coffee or chocolate or can I talk, tell us what is your craving? What are you craving for? Says, I've been meaning to talk. What are you craving for? What are you craving for? A desire, an appetite for what is forbidden, for what is not God, for what is not from God, for what is meant to destroy, for what is meant to break you, for what is meant to scatter you. Tell somebody, I've been trying to talk to you about this for some time now. When I look at your face, when I look at your eyes and the way you are looking, what are you having appetite for? Do you want soup or jollof? Do you want, what, 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 what do you feel like eating? Do you want to go continental or local? You want to go now? Nigeria, how do you want it? There's a desire, there's an appetite, there's a craving, a craving. Temptation starts with a desire. Oh, come on, talk to me right now. You remember the Bible says, and the Lord said to the woman, in sorrow you shall conceive, in pain you shall conceive. And he said to her, the man, the man, the man, the man shall be your desire. And it's a rule over you. What you desire rules you. The man shall be your desire. And it's a rule over you. A desire when it's not down to rules over you. Which is why anytime women have babies, they cry, I'll have a baby again. I'll have a baby again. But they go back to the man and the man will put it there again. 
for what you desire rules you. The devil is a liar. You are anointed. You are saved. You are rescued. And any desire controlling your mind, tormenting your emotion, bombarding your tongue by divine authority. The Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold, casting down imagination. Desire. When it graduates, it goes to the next level. The next stage is when the desire starts to lure you. There is the next level from desire to luring. This is when you are drawn away. This is when you become so filled with a desire that you start to heed to the voice of that desire. When the desire consumes you, fills you, controls you, hijack you, manipulates you, is in charge, and now you begin to hear to the voice of that desire. In other words, you can't shake it off. How many of you have been dealing with thought you can't seem to shake it off? Come on, talk to me right now. Tell somebody, what are you trying to shake off that you can't shake it off? Come on, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. What are you trying to shake it off that you can't shake it off? Is it a picture, a movie? Is it a website? Is it an idea? Is it a thought? Is it a manipulation? When desires are not dealt with, it goes to the next stage called luring. When a man is tempted, let him not say he's tempted of the Lord, but every man when is tempted, that is enticed and endured and lured by their own desire, the desire becomes the trap and the allurement becomes the chain that pulls you, that pulls you, that draws you, that pulls you to every chain drawing you and pulling you by the power in the name of Jesus we break the chain now we free you now you will not be controlled you will not be lured the Bible says and Delilah Judges chapter 16 verses 15 Delilah says and she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times. I have not told me where your great strength lies. Let's do this. Verse 16 says, and it came to pass when she pestered him. Tell somebody, are you being pestered? Say, what is pestering you? What is vexing you? What is agitating you? What is in your face? What are you watching? What are you seeing? What can't you seem to shake it off? What is provoking you? What is controlling your thought? With website? With text message? With phone call? With numbers? What competition? The Bible said, and it came to pass that when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed on him so that her soul was vexed to death. Every temptation will lead to death. The next thing is that you are getting closer to death. But the devil is a liar. My enticement with my desire will not lure me into death. I shake it off now. Can I get a shaking off by a clapping? By a shouting? By a praying? And by a screaming? Hey! She passed him. 
that, she, that he told her, all that is in his heart. And it came to pass, when she pestered him, he told her all that was in his heart. Verse 17 says, that he told her all that is in heart and said to her, no razor, no razor has ever come upon my head for I have been a Nazareth to God for my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. The pestering, the pressure, the bombardment, the thoughts, the ideas, the imaginations, the luremen, the enticement, the inducement, the constant bombardment of the phone call, the constant test message, the constant tweeting and watching, the constant movie, the constant pressure. Tell someone the pressure is real. How many of you are going to some pressure? It's been, it's been a lot. Can look at me in the apartment. How many of you are dealing with a lot? Even in church, you are dealing with a lot. Pressure. There was a bombardment of pressure that made something given. He now heeded to the voice of Madame Delilah. She, he now gave in to the voice. The next level is then sin. From luring, the third stage of temptation is sin. This is when you fall for the desire. You have done it. It is now sin. You are now falling. You have fallen into sin. It started with what? A desire, a luring, and now you fell for it. You've fallen for it. You've given it. You've touched it. You've ate it. You've crossed the line. You, you've stolen it. You've taken it. It, 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 it has now taken place. We call it sin level. Now, if he ended at the sin level, that would be sweet. Because sin is sweet. Sin is so sweet, it's not funny. You don't know sin is sweet. That's why David said, deliver me from the places of sin. Because sin will be easy. You didn't work for one year. Somebody worked for one year. You took it in five minutes. It's not, is that not sweet? Somebody worked for one year. And one five minutes, you took $30,000. You took it. That's not sweet. That is very, very sweet. That's why, that's why it, that temptation does not end at sin. It is, does not end at that five-minute act. It does not end at that moment of that pleasure. It doesn't end at that place. It is deeper than that. It is stronger than that. It did not end with David having an affair with Bathsheba. It goes into David losing four of his children. Temptation does not end at the sin stage. It goes to the next level, which is death. Death. Temptation leads to death. To kill. So he says, then from sin, James said, 
beaten to death. Why? Because anytime we fall into sins, the consequence of every sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. The only time God could not look on the son Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, the only time there was a distance, a separation between God and Christ, the only time Christ could, could, could not feel the connection with his father when he hung on the cross and cried, Eli, 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 Lama, Sabatani, my father, my father, why has thou forsaken me was when he carried sin upon himself. When he took sin upon himself, there was a distance, a separation, a gap between Christ and God. And if sin separated Christ and God, then who do you think you are? Anytime we sin, we break fellowship. Anytime we sin, we break the connection between us and God. But hear me, church. Hear me, church. You cannot live a day, a minute, an hour, a second without God. Any second, minute, hour you live without God is death. Because God is the source of life. When you are disconnected from life, you are not existing, you are not living. There are many who are existing, but the thing they are living. There's a difference between existing and living. There's a difference between death and death. Because there are three kinds of death. There's a death that doctors pronounce you dead. We can't give a carbon for oxide or carbon dioxide to take in oxygen. Doctors say you are dead. There's a death of not knowing God. When you don't know God, you don't have life. For in him is life. And that life was the light of men. The Bible says as many as receive to them he gave power to become the sons of God. It's called eternal life. When you don't know God, you are dead. There's a, there's a dead dead. When a sinner will be sent to hell for a permanent dead, permanent bound and sucked from the presence of God, where you will never be his presence again. That is the third level of death. And so the Bible says the next stage of temptation is dead, which means the consequences, the punishment of the sin is dead. But thank God it did not end there. That for the wages of sin is dead, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ to Jesus Christ, our Lord, for where sin abound, grace does abound the more. The devil is a liar. It's not over because you fell. It's not over because you sin. For there's provision and grace through Jesus Christ for you to be rescued, for me to be rescued, for our souls to be saved and redeemed. For let the redeemer of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed. The devil is a liar. I know who I am. I am saved. And all those that are called upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Anybody alive and well in Christ, can you clap on and shout that I am saved. I'm rescued. I'm delivered. In Christ. That death the separation between God. The next revelation of that death is not just separation between God. It is the deadness of your conscience. See, see it, it gets to a point where, where sin becomes normal that the conscience don't respond to it anymore. 
it gets to a point where what is wrong become right and what is right become wrong that when you do what is wrong you don't even feel it anymore anybody know what I'm talking about we, 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 are, we are living in a generation and a society and a world that, that what is wrong is now actually right and what is right is actually wrong. So it's all over in our movies, in our fashion, in our music, in our, even in our churches. I mean, I mean, it is just normal. We call it the new normal. But the devil is a liar. We are a generation that we are alive, we are well, we are quickened, we are activated to know the sensitivity of God and to know what is wrong and what is right. Right. We are the people that knows that wrong is wrong even when I'm doing it, even when everybody's doing it, and right is still right even when nobody's doing it. We are the generation that will rise up and to become the righteousness of God. We are the generation that will go before God and say, if we say we have not seen before, we lie, and the truth is not enough. But God is faithful and just that when we confess our sin, He will forgive us. Anybody excited? That is provision uh, for the forgiveness of sin. Uh, we are not dead in sin. Uh, our conscience is not dead. Uh, we are not bankrupted. Uh, we are alive. Uh, we are activated. Uh, we are well. Uh, and we are blessed. Uh, I want to thank God uh, that I am not dead. Uh, but if the same spirit that raised Christ uh, from the dead. Uh, if that same spirit dwells in you. Uh, it's a quicken uh, your mortal body. Uh, it's a quicken uh, your conscience. Uh, it's a quicken uh, your flow is a quicken your righteousness is a quicken your spiritual sensitivity and today by the power of the spirit of God through grace be quickened, be stirred up be activated, be refined from dead ways into the works of God will you clap your hands today Anybody blessing the house right now? Anybody blessing the house right now? Having explained what temptation is about and talk about the stage of temptation, I want to quickly take the life of Jesus Christ and to do a study to deal with the subject of temptation. I was struggling between Adam and Eve and Christ and I felt like let me zero in on Christ. We'll do it. I don't know if some Tuesday or next week or something, but maybe Tuesday. Because next week I'll deal with how to deal with temptation. Okay, so let's zero in on Jesus Christ's life. The life of Christ. Why? Bible said in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 1 to 11. We all read together. Let's all read together. One to go. The Jesus was led up what? Of the spirit into the what? wilderness to be what? Tempted of the devil. Let's read together. Verse 2 says. And when he had fasted what? 40 days and 40 nights after he was hungry. And a tempter came to him. And he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones may bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taking him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, if thou be what the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 8 says, 
And again, the devil taking him up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou shalt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, get thee hands, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Verse 11 said, then the devil levered him and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. A clap on the second house right now. We're looking at the life of Jesus. Why Jesus? Because every life you will live is through Christ. And there is nothing you go through that he hasn't been through already. So that he went through temptation and overcame means you go to temptation and you can overcome as he overcame. The clapping is going to Why Christ? Because Christ is the foundation. And he's the foundation upon which, upon whom we are building our lives. And there's no foundation that shall be laid except that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Hear me, church? When it comes to Jesus Christ, he is your foundation. He is the one you are building your life on. There's no foundation that shall be laid. I lay in Zion a stone, a chief corner. Behold, the stone that the builder rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. He was rejected on the cross, but he has become the chief cornerstone that through whom everybody and every life shall be saved. I want to thank God that I'm fashioning my life after the life of Christ. The life I live, he is my standard. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. He who has begun a good work in me will bring it to expected end. If Christ went through it, I will go through it and I will overcome. I will win and I'll come out as gold. The devil is a liar. The enemy cannot destroy me. It doesn't matter what. For God will make a way of escape even in the temptation. I'm not scared of what the enemy is bringing my way. I know who I am and by the grace of God this one too shall pass. I will overcome. I will succeed. I have the victory. The Bible says Jesus Christ return in the power of the spirit and begun his ministry you will return in the power of the spirit you will return full of the Holy Ghost the Bible says the devil tempted him for he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil hear me church every temptation takes place in the wilderness and every trial in the wilderness isn't it amazing that God took the children of Israel 40 days, 40 years in the wilderness to try them and to test them and to reveal what was in their heart and the devil took Christ also in the wilderness to tempt him. So both the test and the temptation took 
place in the wilderness which stands to reason that both God and the devil will take you through some wilderness experience. The earlier you conclude that as for the wilderness, they will come, but I will not die in my wilderness. I'm not just surviving, I'm living, I'm overcoming. It's been dry, it's been tough, it's been hunger, it's been drowned, there's been drawn, but I thank God for every wilderness experience. It was good that I went through the wilderness experience. Can you understand? Can you identify? Can you believe it? That God took them to the wilderness and the devil tempted him in the wilderness. Both God and the devil will use the wilderness anyway. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can you smile and tell somebody, are you going to the wilderness? Are you going to the wilderness? Come on, tell us, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Say, both God and the devil will use your wilderness experience. Come on, smile and tell somebody, sometimes it may be God. Other times, it may be the devil. But there's one common denominator. And that denominator is the wilderness. The devil is a liar. I refuse to die in this wilderness I refuse to be depressed in my wilderness I refuse to give in and throw the tower the devil is a liar it's a wilderness movement but I'm trusting God I'm believing God God is faithful God is able God is good God is amazing anybody blessed anybody excited anybody anointed and blessing God for the wilderness movement the devil is a liar I'm not scared of the drought I'm not scared of the lack of rain I'm not scared of the desert I'm not scared of the snakes I'm not scared of the wickedness the devil is a liar for all the days of my appointed time shall I wait until my change come your change is here my change is here our change is here do have a witness in the house now come on slap on and shout and scream and give God your love a shout of praise in the house. Look at me. I'm not going to waste my time explaining the wilderness. I'm not going to talk about it. Look at me. Tell someone, ask the wilderness. Both God and the devil will bring it. So I'm not going to say who brought who didn't bring it. I'm just going to make sure I do not just survive my wilderness. But I go through it and come out better than it started. I declare today, 2021, there's been some wilderness. But you are coming out and you are stepping to the promised land. Shout and say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Wilderness experience. Ah, hey, hey! When he took them to the wilderness, the devil did not even come to tempt him. Just when he got to the wilderness, he waited for him to be hungry. He came after forty days of fasting. Isn't it amazing that I was forty with God? In the wilderness, when he tried them, and there's 40 with the devil, it's after 40 that everything will end. The Bible says he waited after 40 days.
I hungered for 40 days. The devil showed up to tempt him. Isn't it amazing that you never get to know a man until they're hungry? You see, you see, he waited after when he was hungry because you get to know people when they are hungry in life. But Jesus and Israel got here and they were both hungry. In the wilderness, the children were hungry that God had supplied manna. In the wilderness, Jesus Christ is hungry. And the devil shows up. Can I talk to you today, church? You never get to know who you are until you are hungry. It is your hunger that reveals who you are. And look at me. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, everybody is hungry for something. Some are hungry for jollof. Some are hungry for gari and beans. Some are hungry for pork meat and pork feet. Can I preach your church right now? Some are hungry for pork belly. Some are hungry for fried yam. Some are going continental. Some are going English breakfast. Some are hungry for sex. Some are hungry for fame. Some are hungry for power. Some are hungry for money. Some are hungry for likes and comments. But whether you like it or not, you are hungry for something. But there are those who are so hungry for God. For the Bible says, blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. My prayer for you is that you get hungry for a revival, for a move of God, for a salvation, for a deliverance. Anybody hungry for God to do through your life what God wants to do, will you slap on and shout? And say, hungry. If Jesus was hungry and cares a fig tree, who do you think you are? You are not hungry. Talk to me right now. What are you hungry for? What are you desiring? What can't you wait? What is giving you craving? What is driving you? What is the force? You look at me. Hunger is good. And hunger is bad. Hunger is neutral. Hunger is neither good or bad. It depends on what you are hungry for. The devil is a liar. I am hungry. But I am praying to God to make me hungry for Christ arena. For souls, for campuses, for 48 hours, for revival, for deliverances, for salvation. Anybody hungry for the move of God? Anybody hungry for revival? Anybody hungry for God's power? Christ hungered and when he was hungry the enemy then showed up. Church, you've got to figure out what you're hungry for. When Esau became hungry, he said, what is birthright? Your hunger can cause you to sacrifice your destiny for temporal pleasures. Your hunger can cause you to sacrifice your prophetic destiny for what is but for a moment. 
The Bible said Moses despised the pleasure of Pharaoh, which was for a moment, and chose to suffer affliction with the people of God. What are you hungry for? Look at me, church. When I look at the story of Jesus Christ, I see three things. When I read this story, three kinds of temptation that every believer, every child of God will go to in life. All temptations are embedded in these three temptations that Christ went through. Number one, he said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Come on, talk to me right now. If you are the son of God, and if thou be the son of God, command these stones, be made bread. Command this stone, be made bread. Temptation number one that everybody will go to right. A temptation of identity and provision. Every believer, every child of God, even people who don't know, but they are dealing with it, will go through the temptation of your identity. Proving your identity. The temptation of who you are. The temptation of using who you are to get what you want. You know what I said? There's a temptation of using who you are if you are the son of God. Which you are. You are. You already are. Sometimes it matters who is speaking. Don't just listen to the voice. Listen to where it's coming from. If the devil's applauding you, be careful the motive why he's applauding you. If the devil suddenly say, you are the prophet, be careful why he say you are the prophet because he said you are. Because sometimes we fall in light more than we fall in darkness. Do you know you can look at, the, you can look at this light? Ah, it can enter your eyes and by the time you, you hit this one. Do you know that? You can look at the light that you can't see well. Sometimes it is in the praise that you miss it. Sometimes it is in you being at the right place that if you are the son of God, who are you? Yes, you are the son of God. But who is talking to you, the devil? If you are the son of God, in other words, use who you are. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now he can do it. He has the power to do it. But the devil is saying, use who you are to get what you want. The most dangerous temptation we go to every day is the devil setting us up to use who we are to get what we want. You are beautiful. Use your beauty to get your way out. You are gifted. Use your gift to get your way through. You are the politician. Use your power to get your way through. You are smart. Use your intelligence to get your way through. You are this. You are that. The devil always use you and set you up for you to use who you are to get what you wants the greatest temptation is when the enemy says you've got this got that got that use it to get your way through when the enemy says you are such a gifted man of God you are prophet of God use your gifts to make some money and looks good to make some money and you go to them that sell the oil and use who you are to get what you want. 
And when the devil said, unto the CEO, unto the financial, unto the CFO, why don't you use your office to get what you want? The reason why many of us are dealing with all kinds of stuff is that the enemy is setting us up to use who we are to get what we want. Tell somebody, don't let the devil tell you who you are. Say, you already know who you are. The devil is a liar. I know I am a child of God. But Jesus responded and said, man shall not live but bread alone by, by every word. The same word that made me a child of God is the same word that makes me accountable to the word of God so that I don't use my office to abuse the same principle that set my office. I cannot abuse what made me. I am a child of God. The more reason why my life must be governed by the tenet, the dictates of the word of God. Who are you? I am nothing but a product of God's grace. The problem is that we are sitting down for the devil to tell us who we are. I know who I am more than you know me. You got no idea. I am a product of God's grace. I am nothing but God's mercy. I am who I am by the grace of God. I have not arrived. This one thing I do, I forget about it. I am nothing by the grace of God. You're clapping and sick in the house today. You're shouting as a lawyer in the house today. Help, mercy, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves. Get us broken. Let us not forget from whence we have come from. Let us not forget we are nothing but the grace of God. I am what I am. By the grace of God. Anybody talking to the church right now. Some of you must go back. To remind yourself from whence you have come from. Because sometimes the devil can make you feel you have arrived. Have you ever got to a place in life. Where you look at your bank account. And something told you that you are the boss. Have you been to a church. And saw the crowd. And pride setting. Have you gone to your house. And saw the house that God gave you. And suddenly you are like whoa. I'm the in thing. Have you seen the car you are riding and something told you when you look at your car you are the best thing that happened in town have you gotten a position a power an influence that's making you lose your head today I have a reminder for you that you are nothing by, by the grace of God you are where you are by the grace of God don't forget the grace that has brought you where you are the devil is a liar who are you I am a product of God's grace the temptation of we using who we are to get what we want is an everyday thing aren't you a police officer arrest him and take some bribe who you are, what you are aren't you the boss Jesus said hey, why are you crying over this Nabot, unto the king. Don't you know you can use your office to kill him? She said, Nabot up. She used the office and said, Nabot has cursed God and cursed the king. Lied on him, took him and killed him and took Nabot's vineyard. Who you are for what you want. David was a king. Use who he was for Bathsheba, what you want. But trust me, it did not end at the affair with Bathsheba. It ended with David losing four of his children. Never use who you are 
to get what you want. Because you are who you are by the grace of God. Anybody acknowledging the grace of God? Your clap is going to house right now. Your clap is going to house right now. Who you are? I've seen women married through counseling who use sex to get whatever they want. Never use who you are for what you want. Whatever you have, it was given to you. It was given to you. Why do you act like it was never given to you? It was given to you by the grace of God. Anybody knows that you are part of God's grace in the house right now? Who are you? Number two, the second temptation. He took him up to the pinnacle of the temple and said to jump, for it is written. He has said he will give his angel child over thee, that you will not dash your feet against a stone. Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He took him up to the temple. The enemy will always try and take you up. But God has already exalted you. He took him up and said, jump. Just throw yourself down. And it was believed that at that time, there was, it, was, it was a celebration, a festival, and that there were many Jews in the temple. So the devil wanted Christ to jump for a show and for the angels to catch him. So they say, yeah, he's the guy for applause. The second temptation everybody will go to and we go to every day is a temptation of wanting wrong approval or wrong endorsement. The need to be improved. The need to be endorsed. The need to be liked. The need to be applauded for. We live in a generation of sharp competition. A spirit of competition. A demon responsible for dangerous competition. People will do any and everything to be liked. Any and everything to be applauded for. Any and everything to get comments. Any and everything to get approval of men. Any and everything to be endorsed and say, you are the guy. That's the girl. That's the guy. But the devil is a liar. God never called us for men's approval, but God's approval. The Bible says, steady to show yourself. Approved unto God, not unto men. You are who you are by God's grace. The Bible says, God said to David, when you are small in your own eyes, it's not what people are saying about you that matters. It's who you think you are that matters. You got to come to a place in your walk with God where the applause, the approval, the endorsement, the life of men doesn't really matter. But what matters is hearing the voice that says, thou good and faithful servant on that there, that's the voice I want to hear from the master. Oh, you're clapping in the house now. You're clapping in the house right now. You're clapping in the house right now. Approver, 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 and applause. You'll be shocked what people will do for applause. You'll be shocked how the enemy has activated people's insecurity, people's jealousy. The desire to be liked. The desire for people to approve you. To belong. To be with the Joneses. To have a name. To be around. The desire also to have followers. The desire to also get some attention. They didn't call my name. They didn't mention me. They didn't pray 
applaud me. They didn't acknowledge. I have a girl. Say, they don't even acknowledge my tithe. I said, do you give the tithe for man or give it to God? We are all kinds of people in the church today who are not looking at what God is saying, but they want to look at what Prophet Gideon is saying. But when you do that, you have received your reward from men. Men gives award. God gives reward. I'm not looking for men's award. I'm looking for God's reward. You can clap or not clap. I've learned how to clap for myself. I'm not jumping for anything. I'm not proving anything. I'm not called to prove myself. I only prove myself to my master. Especially young pastors. Young pastors, be careful of this demon of approval. Young pastor, are you hearing me? Be careful of this violent spirit of competition among pastors. Be careful how many services you run, who comes to your church, who is in your church, who you know, how many followers. It's a demon. It's a devil. Fame, popularity, acceptance, approval, endorsement, likes, comments, traction, all kinds of strange things that is not biblical, but it is the same devil using new tricks. It's the same old devil using the new trick because he's the same devil. He's the spirit that now worked in the children of disobedience to set you up to prove yourself. The Lala said, if you love me, prove it. Anybody that says prove your love is a demon. I'm not proving anything. You're clapping a second answer. Look at me. Delilah said, prove your love. Prove your love. Prove it. Mr. Samson, prove it. Prove it or prove it. Prove it. If you love me, let me do it. Prove it. And Samson heeded to the pressure. You see, the reason why many people have become who they are not is because they are under a lot of pressure. Our generation is a pressure generation. Saul so said, when I saw the people and the Philistines were coming and my armies were afraid, I offered the pressure. Pressure can make you prophesy and say, you see when you haven't seen anything. Pressure. Do you know how many years it has taken me to walk in the ministry I walk in? But someone has been with me for years. Before now, he has received a prophetic mantle. I remember when I gave him the prophetic word that he's a prophet. Made about maybe about 10 years ago, he himself told me several times, Prof, is that, is that, how do I become a prophet? He didn't even believe it. When I said he didn't believe it, he, he, it was like, how is it going to be possible? It took years of service. Years of service to be able to move in the prophetic. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Don't be in a competition. Don't prove anything. Just walk in your own lane, in your own race, in your own assignment, in God's own time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. The devil is a liar. I know who I am. When is the time is right, all the days of my appointed time shall I wait unto my chain camp. Never go for the applause. Go for God's applause. God's approval. And finally, the devil took him again to the high mountain. You see, 
what God will give you, the devil will show glimpses of it to tempt you. God has highly exalted him. The devil took him high. God was going to highly exalt him. And the devil, no matter how the devil is, the devil can't go above God. I'd rather choose God's approver than men's approver. God. Men can take you somewhere, but they will leave you at some point. But as for God, when he starts with you, he who has begun a good work in you shall surely finish his work. He took him up to a city high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of this world. How do you show me what I created? Everything in the world was created by the word of God. And that word is Jesus Christ. And yet the devil was showing him what is already his. To set him out. To bow to take what is already his. The greatest weapon of the devil is not power. It's manipulations. He will manipulate you to bow for what is already yours. Look at me. Don't let me scream on you. And don't tell me that God has denied your husband. When God gave you his son, his only son, if God gave his only son, who is a husband, a house, a car that God can give you? Everything you don't have right now is because the time is not right. And when the time is right, you're clapping, you're clapping, you're clapping. When the time is right, the third level of temptation is a temptation of shortcuts. And shortcuts will cut you short. The temptation of avoiding the process. The devil said, bow down and I'll give you this. When you bow, I'll give you this. You see, God was going to give me everything. Bible said, God has given me a name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. Everything in the heaven, in the earth, under the earth, they all bow. So all things belong to him now. But the devil said, I'll give it to you, but don't go to the cross. I can give it to you for you to avoid your cross. And God said, no, the only way to get it is to go to the cross. The third temptation is the temptation to avoid your process. Many people have been tempted and they are doing things they are not supposed to do because they are not ready to go to the process, the journey with God. The Bible says there was a 40-day journey to the Philistine land that could take the children of Israel to Canaan within 40 days. But God took them to the wilderness for 40 years. You either choose 40 days or 40 years, but I choose 40 years for God to break me, to mold me, to shape me, to change me, to make me better. David said, it was good that I was afflicted. I want to thank God for every process, every pressure, and every journey I've been through in life. You're clapping. It's sick in the house now. Bow down. Within a split seconds, and I'll give you everything. Make it fast, quick, move. We live in a fast world. Our internet is fast. Those days when we send, when we write a letter, it takes months. Now, two seconds, it's gone. Online, back. Look at me. Social media doesn't change who God is. Don't get it twisted. All this platforms and all this smartphones and all this internets and all these apps does not change who God is. The apps must work around him. 
He doesn't work around the app. He's God all by himself. That you live in a fast food world, fast internet world, fast Twitter, fast WhatsApp, fast Instagram, fast track high court. Doesn't mean in God, everything fast, fast, fast. In God, there's something called process. Bible says, as many as believe him to them, he gave power to become. It's a process to become. It's a prayer to become. The Bible says the earnest expectation of the creation waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That son is not breathful. That son is not Nepal. That son is a mature son. A son who has come of age. The devil is a liar. For a son, so long as he's a child, differs not from a summer, though it be the Lord of law. There's a dimension in our work with God. When God wants us to mature and to grow and that maturity and growth come through the process of your cross. You can choose the cross. Or you can choose to bow. You know something? This whole temptation with Christ, it, it, was, it was like a split second. So Christ could have done it and come back to town and nobody would know he has done it. It's not, it's not, it's not long ago. Those who are Accusing Adam and Eve, you have done Adam and Eve 20 times. Because Adam and Eve did not eat apple, it was a thought. I've told you that if the tree that's called the tree of knowledge of good and evil, then the fruit can be apple, the fruit can be thought. Because it's thoughts that forms knowledge. Acquisition of thought and information forms knowledge. So if the tree is called the tree of knowledge of good and evil, then the fruit can be apple. That's why the temptation is in your head, it's in your mind. It is in a split second as you are going through the bombardments. So Christ could have done this. We thank you, Lord. Many of you have done it and you are here standing morning. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Nobody saw it. Can I put your church right now? Can I put your church right now? The enemy says, cut out the process. Get it fast. Get it quick. You don't need it. Can I talk to you right now? It will be absurdity for you to come to me with one bottle of anointing oil after our fasting. For me to pour the oil on your head. To receive the anointing that I've received for 20 years or 20 something years in ministry. That is crazy. It doesn't work like that. In order to receive what I received, you have to go to what I've been through. The difference between the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam was made overnight, was created overnight. The second Adam was born and grew 30 years. There is something that comes to you when it goes through process. The reason why Rehoboam didn't make it was because he was not processed. He was not, he didn't go through anything. Look at me, enjoy your journey with God. Enjoy everything you've been through. Enjoy the pain, the good, the bad, the ugly. Enjoy your process. Joseph must be betrayed by his brethren. He must go to the pit and to the popular's house and to prison before he becomes prime minister. Because the process is important. Until you are processed, until you are refined, refreshed, there cannot be a ref that you cannot be refined without a refinery. There's a connection between refined product and refinery. For a product to be refined, it must have gone to the refinery. And the refinery is fire. It's the fire that makes you good makes you better makes you stronger makes you amazing don't avoid your process enjoy your journey enjoy your club enjoy look at me enjoy your trotro enjoy your single room self-contained enjoy your chamber and hall 
enjoy your taxi, enjoy your Uber, and as a matter of fact, let the scar be there. The scars of your story are all not meant to remind your pain. Some scars are called beauty scars. It beautifies your life because it is your scars that determines your stars. The devil is a liar. It was good that I was afflicted. The Bible says, Jesus, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In God, you follow, you are made, then you are given, you, are, you follow, which is process. And when you follow, in your following, you are made, then you fish them out. In Christ, you are made before you are given. The devil gives to make. Christ takes you to process to make you in order to receive. As you are being made, God will give to you. The devil will give to you to make you. God will take you to process to make you. Hear me, church. What does it mean to be made? It means to be molded up. What does it mean to be molded? It means to be molded up means to be broken, beaten to shape. You cannot be made unless you are molded. And cannot be molded unless you are broken and beaten to shape. That's who you are. You are beaten to shape. Some areas of your life have been broken for good. God beats you into shame. God cuts some things off. He who he loves, he chastises. I want to thank God for all the brokenness, the beating, and the process I've been through. It has made me who I am today. Don't cut your process. Don't avoid your process. Don't cut corners. Don't go to shortcut. Shortcut will cut you short. Many years ago, I finished a true story myself. I used to live in Dansuma. Those days, up to today, I still have the, the, the thing. You, you can go to something, it takes a long time for you to come out of it. Up to today, if you want to sit in my car, Flo will tell you, Sultan will tell you, those are the Anytime I sit in a car, I do this. Even when I'm going to my own house, I do this. They know the house, but I'm doing this. The thing came to the taxi. I took taxi so much that anytime I see the taxi, left, right, for so many years. So up to today, I'm in my own car, I'm doing it to go by with deliverance. <laughs> of time. I don't worry about it. if that's all I've taken for what I've been through, I thank God for that. <laughs> I didn't have to watch it. Watch me. I finished with this. So I was going to Dansuma from La Paz. When we got to La Paz, the traffic in La Paz was not today that I've done it. Then one. Those days was bad. Bad traffic. So as we're driving, I saw some people took left. No, they took right. They came out of traffic and they were going. They took, and I said, ah, people are taking right and they are going and we are here. Master, follow. People are taking right. They are moving. At least you have to move. Because it's not easy to wait. It's difficult to wait. So move. Master, move, follow them. So the taxi driver said, I should say, follow them. I beg them, follow, follow. We follow, 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 follow. By the time we left, the, the guy that we were following has got into his house. <laughs> Go to the house. Eh? 
12 did not come back. Come and join. When they came back, those who were ahead, they've gone and passed us. And we, come, we came to start all over again. It's not every road that leads to your destination. Don't follow everybody. You have your own journey, your own process, your own story. Enjoy your journey. Sometimes it's difficult, it's trying, it's tough, but trust God. Your journey is not my journey. And I thank God. David said, it was good that I was afflicted. If you see a clap and shout, scream right now. Rise up to your feet and give God a better shout of praise. Lead us not. Lift us the Father. Today, in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thank you, Lord. I say thank you, Lord, for the deliverance, for the deliverance from evil. So as I lift up my hands, every temptation, say every temptation connected to identity and provision, every temptation of wrong endorsement and approval, and every temptation of shortcuts, avoiding the process as I lift up my hands, I destroy right now. I thank you for grace to go through it and grace for God to make a way in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, clap your hands. Give God a better. I bless today. Come on, slap your hands better. Are you blessed today? I know you are blessed. Every has prayer. We are close past. I don't know Jesus. I want to give my life to God. I want to be born again. Come on, let's pray for you right now. I want to be born again. I want to be saved. Please pray this prayer for this Lord Jesus today. I ask you right now, Jesus, to come into my heart. I ask you right now to forgive of my sins. Ask right now to come into my heart. Now become the master and the savior of my soul. I'm born again and I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed. Connect with Gideon Dancer on any social media platform. At Gideon Dancer on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. It's Empowerment Worship Center. You can join us in person for any of our Sunday family services. 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6 p.m. We promise you a worship-filled atmosphere that will bless you and your family.